It's Friday night. And it's time for the Three Valleys Radio Racing Show. We have all our usual guests here. Yet another equine superstar. And we'll have the king of the tipsters, Colin Brown and Dave Wilson. Well, good evening and welcome to another edition of The Racing Show here on Three Valleys Radio. My name is Aidy Hopper. I'm here to take you through the show. And let's start, as we usually do, with all the racing news from Mike Patton. Hello and a very warm welcome along to this week's edition of The Racing News, which includes all the news that is the news from the racing media, including Racing TV, The Racing Post and The Sporting Life. I'm Mike Patton and here's this week's first story. It can be tough at the top, and if you own the Baid of jump racing, it is nice to get a reassuring call from the man behind the actual Baid before unleashing your superstar. As he revelled in the latest sensational display by outstanding hurdler Constitution Hill, Michael Buckley revealed that William Haggis had been in touch to empathise with him, discussing the perils of having a horse so good that nobody thinks they can lose. That was the case ahead of the Betfair fighting fifth hurdle, even if the owner's first trip to Newcastle was something of an afterthought, following his horse's withdrawal on ground trainer Nicky Henderson deemed unsuitably quick at Ascot last weekend. Constitution Hill started 1-4 favourite for the first British Grade 1 hurdle of the season, having smashed the track record in the Supreme Novices at Cheltenham last spring, and displaced dual winner Honeysuckle as favourite for the champion hurdle back there next March. Yet the most exciting jumper trained in Britain for years a potential champion hurdle and Gold Cup winner according to John Francom, made those odds look generous. He was always travelling strongly under Nico de Bonville, who sent him up to the front from the off, allowing him to make full use of his mount's brilliantly slick jumping. Constitution Hill is none too shabby between the flights either, and simply ran away from his rivals when asked to quicken from the third last flight. He passed the post, 12 lengths clear of dual previous winner Epitunt, and another two and a quarter back to Not So Sleepy, who dead-heated for the first last year. That was pretty cool, wasn't it, Buckley said, before admitting that having a one-to-four shot win, as a one-to-four shot should, is not a relaxing experience. He continued, It sounds silly, but it's actually surprisingly stressful. It seems so easy when you've got a horse like that. It's only when these things are over that I realise how little sleep I've had. It plays on your mind. I had a phone call yesterday from William Haggis, who said, Good luck tomorrow. 
I remember when we went to Ascot for the Queen Anne and everybody said, you are one to six. You're a certainty. And he, by heed, didn't feel like a one to six shot to me. You're just waiting for something unpleasant to happen. But he's a very special horse. It's a privilege to be lucky enough to find such a horse. I've never been to Newcastle Racecourse before, and this is a hell of a way to start. De Bonville had been more relaxed before and during Constitution Hill's awesome comeback and said, It was very straightforward. My main instruction from the Governor was to keep it as simple as I can. I could hear them behind me, and once I turned in, I just gradually quickened it up and went through the gears. He's a joy to ride. It was sensational, particularly how he quickened up in the straight. I've scored the likes of binocular at home, and the best hurdlers hardly leave the ground. When I really quickened it up, he was very slick. He'd jump a fence, but for now we're fully down the hurdles route, and let's see what the year brings. Most immediately, the year will bring a trip to Kempton for the Christmas hurdle before a crack at the champion, for which Constitution Hill is now a best price 8-11 to 11 favourite. Watching on from Newbury, Henderson said, This is a bit of a freak. The beauty of him is his temperament. Because he is so wonderfully geared in his head, you can do what you like. Make the running, drop in, whatever you like. He just does it for you. He is so versatile. His brain is so good. He has to go to Kempton on Boxing Day next. Epitante's owner J.P. McManus said, What a star, as he congratulated Buckley afterwards. And he added, It's nice to be beaten by a champion. He looks very special. Which is not an opinion Buckley would be inclined to, dis to disagree with. Asked whether this is the best horse he has had, the owner said, This may sound arrogant. It's not meant to be. But if you have a horse who has had four races in his life, how could any horse look to be better than he is? He's got the track record at Cheltenham. He's won the fighting fifth like that. If there's a better one around, then somebody will have to tell me I'm wrong. He may have a long wait. James Hill, tipster, said about Constitution Hill, That's the best performance I've seen over hurdles for a long time. I remember when Hurricane Fly smashed subsequent Supreme winner Go Native by ten lengths as a novice, and what Constitution Hill did to Epitant at the Newcastle was similarly awesome. What's so impressive is that he's only five, but he already looks the finished article. He settles like a lamb, and his jumping at Newcastle was excellent for a horse having just his fourth start. It's been a ridiculously long time since a Supreme winner followed up in the champion hurdle 12 months on. That was Bula back in 1971, but I think that wait is about to come to an end. Tipster Robbie Wilder said, This performance in the Fighting Fifth betters anything I've seen from a peak for Heen, Honeysuckle or Annie Power. Beating a six-time Grade 1 winner in Epitant by 12 lengths at a track she relishes is a remarkable feat for a senior hurdler, let alone one so inexperienced. If anything, the winning margin flattered Epitant. It could have been 25 lengths, and Constitution Hill's capacity for improvement is frightening. There is little doubt he did exactly what most racing enthusiasts expected – but don't let that detract from a quite surreal performance at Newcastle.
And with the headline of Honeysuckle Showdown will give us a fairer indication, here's a quick short to round up Constitutional Hill's news. There is little doubt Constitution Hill is a rare and exceptional talent, but crowning him as the greatest hurdler of all time is premature. In terms of pure ability, it's possible he could be every bit as good as the very best hurdlers we've seen. But raw talent is not the ultimate metric for determining champions in sport. A deep CV and longevity are two key elements in establishing greatest of all time status. And, while it is certainly not his fault, Constitution Hill has not yet been able to rack up a sequence of wins like Isterbrack or demonstrate the constitution of Hurricane Fly. He has only run four times over hurdles. It was an outstanding fighting fifth performance, but evaluating whether or not he's the greatest of all hurdlers will have to wait. We should learn a lot more after a potential dust-up for the ages with Honeysuckle in March. And next, here on the Racing News. Bryony Fost was taken to Wrexham Hospital with a suspected broken collarbone, according to Sky Sports Racing, after Sir Psycho fell heavily at the second fence in the two-mile, four-and-a-half furlong handicap chase. Frost's mount veered right while jumping and fell before getting to his feet and galloping on, only to jerk right again just before the third, crashing through the running rail and falling. Racing was delayed by approximately 20 minutes as repairs to the track were carried out and Sir Psycho was reportedly OK after the incident. And with the headline, Bold Debut, here is our next story here on the Racing News. Only the Bold struck on his stable debut for David Pipe to take the three-mile handicap chase under Fergus Gillard. Having easily won an Irish point-to-point from subsequent Grade 2 winners, Tommy's Oscar, the seven-year-old took to chasing in style, tracking the leaders before going clear to score by nine lengths. Pipe said, He's not the biggest, but he scored well at home and we thought Banger would be a good place to start him off. James Caldwell bought him from Doncaster Sales and we thought three miles on soft ground would be to his liking. Fergus Gillard gave him a nice ride and it was very pleasing all round. And with the headline Saturday Success, here's a quick story for you. In the closing two-mile half-furlong bumper, Soul Solution made it a happy end to the day for Venetia Williams, triumphing under Ned Fox moments before her star chaser, Laurent Press, had defied top weight to take the rehearsal handicap chase at Newcastle. Next, here on the Racing News. One of the most frustrating days of Jonathan Burke's career was followed by the most successful as he swept up the first three races on Cabra Can, Baron de Middleton and Tiger Jet. The jockey said, I've had a few near misses, but that's my first ever treble. Yesterday I had two favourites and two second favourites at Foslas and I had four second places. Uh, It's a funny old game. Newcastle-born Brian Ellison is always a man to be feared on the big days on his home course, even with runners whose chance appears less than obvious. And he certainly wasn't put off Baron de Middleton by the fact that the horse had been beaten in all 14 previous chases. He fancied him, put his money where his mouth is, and was well rewarded for his confidence. 
The 8-to-1 shot dropped back in trip and fitted with blinkers for just the second time scored a stylish victory in the two-mile four-furlong handicap chase winning by 11 lengths and 16 under Burke despite a mistake at the final fence. Ellison said, I thought he'd win and I backed him. He needed the race first time out over hurdles then he didn't stay the trip at Sedgefield last time. The blinkers made the difference today. There was a scare at the last, but the jockey said he was just going too well. He didn't want to take a pull. A sharp rise in the handicap is on the cards, but Ellison said he's in at Sedgefield next Friday and we'll see how he is. Stablemate Tiger Jet defied a blunder at the final flight to take the two-mile, six-furlong novice hurdle and Berg said the mistake at the last put him on the back foot, but he showed a good attitude to battle back. He's a tough horse. He also took the opening juvenile on all-the-way winner Cabracan, who had finished second at Exeter six days earlier. Part owner Jamie Naylor said, That was lovely. He did it well. He'd run well first time over hurdles, and that experience told. Jonathan made use of that experience by going to the front. Next, here on the Racing News. Lahom Press recorded a comfortable victory in his comeback run in the rehearsal chase at Newcastle, coasting to success under jockey Charlie Deutsch to win as the 6-4 favourite. While the winning distance was a length, the manner of the performance and the weight-carrying effort put up by Lahom Press was enough for him to be shortened to 7-1 to one from 10 for the Boodles Cheltenham Gold Cup, and that's with Paddy Power and Betfair Sportsbook. Deutsch said, He's a brilliant horse, very classy. I was trying to make it as straightforward as I could for myself and him. We had one scare in, at the first in the straight on the first lap as I left him to it, but he survived and he jumped brilliantly apart from that. He ran through to the line and he's not short of gears. He's a wonderful horse. Lahom Press jumped smartly and travelled strongly under Deutsch, with the rider having a look around approaching the penultimate fence as he tried to ensure he claimed victory without overly asking his mount. The pair cleared the final fence comfortably and stretched clear of the persistent happy-go-lucky before having more than enough in hand to stay ahead of Into Overdrive, who was receiving £26 from the winner. And with a headline of Fine Comeback, Here's a quick story to finish off our racing news. It was a good day for Ben Pauling, who brought Malinello back from a 686-day absence to take the novice handicap chase. Luca Morgan's mount won by half a length for a trainer whose only other runner on the afternoon, Harper's Brook at Banger, was also a winner. The trainer said of Malinello, He had a little bit of ligament damage in a foot. It's been a slow route back and not plain sailing, but this is a brilliant result. This has been this week's edition of the Racing News, with all the news that is the news in the racing media, which includes Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. Thanks for listening. I'm Mike Padden, and please do join us again next time here on the Racing News. Plenty of news there from Mike Padden, and now let's find out where we can go racing this weekend. There are seven races over the jumps at Weatherby with an 11.40 start, seven races over the jumps at Aintree with an 11.45 start, seven races over the jumps at Chepstow with an 11.53 start, uh, seven races over the jumps at Sandown with a 12 o'clock start, 
and seven races on the flat at Wolverhampton on the all-weather with a 5.20 start. And Sunday, there are seven races over the jumps at Kelso with a 12.05 start. Seven races over the jumps at Huntingdon with a 12.15 start. And four races over the jumps at Fairy House in Ireland with a 1.25 start. Well now it's time for another of our equine superstars and this week we're focusing on the Wonder Mare, Enable. Equine Superstars Racing show pays homage to some of the superstars of the turf. And this week we look at Enable, the love of Frankie Dettori's life. Enable was by Nathaniel out of Concentric and owned by Khalid Abdullah. She was foaled on the 12th of February 2014 went on to be trained by John Gosden and she won over £10 million in prize money. When you look at the races she won, you can hardly call her anything other than a superstar. In 2017 she won the Cheshire Oaks, the Epsom Oaks, the Irish Oaks, the Yorkshire Oaks in both 2017 and 2019. The King George and Queen Elizabeth Stakes in 2017, 2019 and 2020. The Arc de Triomphe in 2017 and 2018. The Eclipse in 2019. And the Breeders' Cup Turf in 2018. Truly a superstar without any question. Enable is now at stud and probably enjoying life to the full. Hi, it's Colin Brown here from Lambourne, and I'd like to wish you a very, very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, all the listeners from Three Valleys Radio. And now, courtesy of YouTube, Here's how Frankie Dettori and Enable won the Breeders' Cup Turf. They're off in the Breeders' Cup Turf. Glorious Empire goes immediately to the early lead and Channel Maker is sent along on the inside. So these two are one too early on and Enable is right behind them and now High Happy goes into the mix too. Then it's Robert Bruce, Talismanic on the inside and Hunting Horn. Magical is in behind them, five and a half links off the lead, then Quarteto de Cortes, followed by Arc Low on the inside of Waldgeist. Liam the Charmer is next and Sadler's Joy trails. The first quarter was 24.65 seconds for Glorious Empire, who leads Channel Maker by three quarters of a length heading into the stretch for the first time high happy is perched outside of them running in third position as they straighten out and then it's talismanic last year's winners don on the inside five links off the lead enables in between horses hunting horn is there on the outside 
And then comes Robert Bruce, followed by the other filly in the race, Magical, who's six lengths off the lead. Waltgeist is next, and then comes Arklow. They continue to a 49.11 half mile. And then it's back to Liam, the charmer, Quarteto de Cordes, and the trailer is Sadler's Joy. Glorious Empire on top as they make their way into the clubhouse turn. Channelmaker continues to be the closest pursuer in second, and High Happy is third. And then on the inside is Talismatic, and Abel is fifth right now. And she's five and a half lengths off the lead, three quarters up in one, 14.22. Solid enough on this going as they head on to the back stretch. Hunting Horn is outside of Enable. Now they're moving together, and they're about three and a half lengths off the lead. And just ahead of Magical, who right to the outside of her has Robert Bruce. And then it's Waldgeist. On the inside comes Arklo. So they continue up the back stretch, and it's been Glorious Empire all the way so far. Channelmaker is second, High Happy is third. Meanwhile, Enable at this stage of the race is seventh, and she's three lengths off the lead, running in behind horses, moving for the far turn. Let's see where she goes from here. Around the turn they go, and High Happy has taken the lead. Hunting Horn is second, and now Frankie Dettori brings Enable to the outside of them, and here she comes up for the lead as they come to the top of the stretch. Magical's moving with her, and she got an inside run, and they're into the stretch, and the two fillies are one, two, Magical and Enable, and they kick on from Sadler's Joy. It's Enable on the outside, in the center of the turf course. She has taken the lead, and she's pulling away from Magical, who continues to battle her, though. It's these two, one, two, down to the finish. Enable and Magical, and they're well clear of the others. Racing royalty, Enable and Frankie Dettori. The arc winner is the Breeders' Cup turf winner, too. Magical was second. It was a long way back to Sadler's Joy, and Arklow, Enable has done it. And Enable able to do that double with the arc, and here winning the $4 million Longine Breeders' Cup turf. Well, that was an able winning the Breeders' Cup turf. What a horse. But then I say that about all these horses, don't I? Because they are absolute superstars of the racing world. So, hope you enjoyed that. Takes us all back a little bit, doesn't it? And now we're going to go around the stables and the uh, trainers and see who's got what running over the weekend. And we're going to start with Jamie Snow. Well, afternoon, Jamie. Thanks for joining us. Um, I was going to say, I expect riding out in the cold, dark mornings that you have to with fog as well is not the most pleasant occupation. Yeah, it's um, uh, this damp, damp, cold fog is not very nice. It sort of um, obviously gets into gets into your bones, doesn't it? And there's yeah. no time to, to to warm up. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's. It's. I mean, the weather's obviously the the talk of everyone at the moment. But um, yeah, we could we could really do with a bit of bit of rain, couldn't we? I know we've had a bit, and then it, it soon sort of dries up again, doesn't it? It's amazing, really, what what what's been happening. Yeah, I suppose um, I suppose it was such a long dry summer, wasn't it? it, it mm. the, the, the ground and the tracks are, are are soaking up all the bit of rain they get. Yeah, absolutely. But you've been sort of relatively speaking quiet for, by your standards of late. But um, a bit of activity over the weekend. Yeah, that's right. We haven't had many runners really, I suppose, in the in the in the last week. But um, we had a fairly fairly manic sort of um, six weeks or so um, through through sort of um, through October and November. So uh, yeah, the the last week's been a, been a little bit quiet on the runners' front. But um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get back rolling again soon. Um, talking about Saturday, I mean, um, can we go further? Regard for starters at Weatherby is that still running? Yeah, he, regard goes to Weatherby. Obsessed with you will go to Aintree, um, and so will Kiltilly Briggs. 
Right, so of those three, what do we fancy then? All of them or one of them or what? Uh, so Regard is a lovely big individual. He came to us from the Irish pointing scene. Um, he, he finished fourth first time out over hurdles at Carlisle on, on real deep ground. And, and um, he probably just needed that run a little bit. Um, he ran OK, um, but, but, but we think he's probably better than that performance. So I think he just needed that run um, and, and he just got a bit tired. So with that run under his belt, um, I, I, hopefully he can, he can run a nice, nice race up, up at Weatherby. And Gavin on board? No, he he's going to go to Aintree to ride obsessed with you, who's a a, a, a little um, filly. She ran first time out, um, uh, made her race course debut at, at Weatherby last month, where she won pretty impressively. She um, steps up into listed company here, which is a marked step up in 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 class really. But she's a nice mare. She goes well. She jumps nicely, and um, yeah, listen, it's um, it's a very very competitive race, but uh, she's a nice horse. And Kiltilly, Kiltilly Briggs? And Kiltilly Briggs goes up to Aintree as well. Obviously, he won last time out at, at Marker Raisin. Pretty pretty good performance in a, in a £50,000 race, which was lovely. Yeah. Um, he, he goes to Aintree on, on Saturday. We've given him plenty of time to get over that, that hard race the first time. And he's off a career-high mark, but um, he, he should certainly run his race. OK, and then that just leaves Gitmaker on Sunday. Is he running? He's in a... I've got a mentor at Kelso on, on, on Sunday, whether we go up there or not. Um, he does want some soft ground. So yeah. we'll just we'll just monitor decks in the morning, see how it all looks. OK, well, that's fine. Thank you for that, Jamie. So uh, basically, it sounds like all three have got a reasonable chance then from what you're saying. Yeah, well, they're, they're, they're certainly all be giving it their best shot anyway. Yeah, well, I, I wouldn't expect anything different from you, sir. That's for certain. And who's going to ride regard then if, if, if Gavin's at uh, Aintree? Yeah, so a good question. It's um, it, it's the first really manic Saturday of the season. There's four meetings: there's Sandown, Chepstow, Aintree, and Weatherby. So it's um, jockeys are pretty, pretty, pretty thinly spread. Um, mm -hmm. Weatherby is probably the lesser of the of the four meetings. Uh, the other the other three three meetings got some some nice races on. So um, we've uh, we and obviously Paige, Paige is off injured. So. Uh, Paul O'Brien's having his first ride for us, um, and he'll ride regard. Right. Okay. Well, thanks for that. I hope it's a good weekend for you, and you know we get a bit of rain really because this this is miserable now. I think it's horrible, awful weather. Yeah, this fog. Yeah, really sort of gets to you, doesn't it? You know. But um, there we go. Mm. Um, yeah. Fine. Well, thanks for that, Jamie. Um, have a good weekend, and let's have a few more winners. Well, that was Jamie Snowden with a few. Uh, Fancy runners over the weekend, so let's hope they all come in. Now we're going to catch up with Dave Wilson, who had a, a thoroughly uneventful afternoon at Wincanton in the fog and uh, drizzle and not a very nice afternoon. Now we're going to catch up with Jamie Snowden's number one jockey, Mr Gavin Sheehan. Hi Gavin. Yeah, you've got a few runners tomorrow and Saturday in particular. Um, talk about Saturday first. Obsessed with you for... Um, Jamie up at uh, Aintree, what chance do you think? Um, yeah, look, she, she won impressively um, on her first start over hurdles. Um, it, it wasn't much of a race. It was probably a poor enough race, to be honest. Um, and she's obviously stepping up now into a better quality race, being a listed race. Um, there's other horses in there that probably look like they've, they've got stronger form. Uh, but it's, it's, it's a horse race. You never know what happens. No, no, right. And um, what about percussion? Percussion, yeah, he um, finished third in the Sefton there 
um, up over the fences before. So um, he looked like he stayed well enough and everything else. So hopefully, hopefully he'll have a good old chance. Um, be a nice buzz riding up over them fences again. Yeah. And then uh, last but not least, Brave Sea Scar. Yeah. Um, he's a lovely horse. Um, I won a couple on him. Um, yeah, hopefully now he'll have a good chance. Um, track and everything should suit. Hopefully get him into a nice rhythm and yeah. uh, get a good spin off. And then you've got three on Friday, tomorrow. Um, tie in the knot. Uh, park this one and Clondor Bertie. What would you reckon of those three? Um, probably park this one. Um, tying the knots had one run. Um didn't look overly convincing to be honest with you um, and Clondo Bertie's uh, one for um, Pat Murphy he's uh, come over from Ireland um, I schooled him he, this would probably just be a run to bring him on more so than anything I think um, yeah. he's a big horse and he'll probably he'll probably improve a lot from the run I was I was saying to Jamie just now on the phone um, this weather you know getting up at sort of the crack of dawn and going out riding out in this sort of weather, fog and everything else, must be horrible, isn't it? Um, I just, look, that's our job, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. You know, we, I, I don't know, I don't think too much of it, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. You're up in the morning, you, know, you, you clear the frost off your window and just um, Go for it. crack on with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, you've been having a pretty purple patch lately and, you know, a long way to continue. You must be pleased with the way it's going now at the moment. I am, yeah, Touchwood. Um, okay, to me, this, this this racing game is a bit of a roller coaster. Uh, you can be up one minute, but you, you can be right down the bottom the next. Um, I just take each day as it comes and just keep enjoying the game. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not a it's not a kind of game where you can plan ahead or anything. It's just a, yeah, take each yeah. day as it comes and hopefully you keep getting getting on some nice horses. It's always easier to ride a winner on a nice horse than it is a than a an average horse. Absolutely, yeah. And have you got anything lined up uh, over Christmas, you know, the King George or anything in, in there? Um, I don't, to be honest. Um, I know Jamie's got a few nice horses that um, will, will hopefully be running uh, coming up to Christmas and things like that, but uh, no, nothing, um, nothing for the King George. Yeah. Okay, mate. Well, look, thanks for coming on again, as usual. We're very grateful to you. You're a, you're a a staunch supporter of Three Valleys Radio, so we love it. And um, you know, no worries. So um, yeah, so as I say, thanks for for coming on, mate. Appreciate your time and um, keep up the good work. And hopefully, we'll have a few winners over the weekend. Yeah, touch wood. Yeah, Okay, mate. We'll take it easy. Well, that was Mr. Gavin Sheen, and now we're going to catch up with Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing. Right. Good afternoon, Dave. Um, I gather you've been to Wincanton today and you didn't see a thing. So um, I've sat at home with a nice electric fire keeping me warm. So uh, I'm not really that uh, unsympathetic about it. Well, you multi-millionaires that can afford to put the electric on, I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm not going <laughs> to sit here and freeze my nuts off, mate, I'll tell you. <laughs> well, I went to Wincanton, hopefully they had the heating on, but no, they just had thick fog and we couldn't even see the last fence or the winning line. So mm. we just see a few silhouettes passing by and then the race announcer told you you'd won the race. So it was uh, probably the strangest day's racing I've ever attended. Really? To be honest, I've so... never seen anything as bad as that before. Did you have any winners, though? That's the point. Yeah, we backed uh, Robert Walford's source. Uh, no, Bill Turner's, sorry. The, yeah. 
Born at Midnight. Oh, and right, we've yeah. got uh, Robert Walford's one as well. The, I can't think what he's thinking called now, but there we go. Bill Turner's uh, not, not a, a, a prolific scorer of winners, is he? No, but he's, he's a fair trainer. Obviously, yeah. uh, another one of the local boys based just outside of Sherbourne now. That's right, so, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, very good. And uh, we had a fantastic weekend last weekend. Uh, a few of your uh, tipsters got together at Newbury and we was having a, a beer or two in the, the Coral's tent. Are we allowed to say that? Yeah, so, I'm, uh, I'm sure you are, yeah. I just wonder who might have been you bumped into. Um, I wonder if it, was it a little short guy who was t horrendous shirts? Yeah, little short guy, horrendous shirts, running around doing loads of selfies, going saying, I'm with Dave, I can send pictures off to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds like him. That sounds like him. Yeah. yeah. It, was a, it was a great weekend. Me and Colin had a good laugh up there, and uh, we had a good chat, and uh, we had a chat with Jamie Snowden up there as well. So oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. it was quite a few of the show regulars all up there having a good gander around, and oh. uh, Coral's put a lovely... Uh, Day on up there with their new uh, Coral Racing Club, so oh, that was yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah. And uh, free to join, and you get membership of uh, six of their racehorses that they've got. I think they've got five in training at the moment, with a, a new addition to arrive shortly. So that includes uh, horses with Joe Tizard and uh, John Joe O'Neill, and a couple of the other top trainers. So it's very good, and it's free. All you have to do is go on Coral's website and join up the Coral Racing Club, and. As I say, we had a fantastic time in the hospitality tent, all free of charge. Yeah. And Colin was doing a bit on the microphone forum, so yeah, it was very good. Oh, it's good. Just, just, we that's, free yeah. you can get. Good, good. Well, that's that's nice to hear. I'll, I should be going on to their website as soon as I finish talking to you there. Get yeah, my... it's very good, and I, I recommend everyone going on there. And uh, as I say, you get a chance to be the owner of a, owner for the day if you if you're lucky in the selection of. Uh, the people that are members of the Corals Racing Club, so uh, yeah. very good. And uh, going to Paddock and the hospitality they showed to everyone at Newbury was absolutely outstanding. And uh, all I can say is very well done to Corals for doing it. It's yeah. a great opportunity. Excellent. Anyway, well, on to this weekend ahead. Indeed. Hopefully this fog and that is going to lift. Mm. Uh, I've got four horses that I've got shares in all running on Saturday, so I'm going to put them four up for selection this week okay. as all the trainers are quite confident they're all going to run very well. Unfortunately, three of them are at Chepstow, and if this fog doesn't lift, with Chepstow being based right against the River Seven out there, mm. it's going to be a bit of a icky, icky selection, but yeah. I'm quietly confident that the fog's going to move by tomorrow afternoon. Yeah. Uh, I was going to go to Exeter tomorrow, but I've got a feeling that's going to be fog-bound as well. So uh, I'll be taking a view on that one in the morning. So mm. we shall see. Okay, well, anyway, we better have these four, of, four uh, horses. Four. Yeah. The first one's running at Aintree in mm. the 11.45. His name's Jaramillo, or Jaramillo, if you're a Mexican descendant. <laughs> now... <laughs> He's one on the flat for us off of a handicap mark of 79. As we say, if you add 40 onto their flat handicap mark, you get a rough gist of what they're capable of over hurdles. Now, he's running off of 111 at the moment, and he comes second last time out. He only got beat half a length. He didn't perform very well on his seasonal debut, and I didn't like the way the jockey rode him, to be honest, that day. He's a front-running horse, and he put him in the middle of the field, and the horse sulked and didn't didn't produce and uh, last time out he got let off the leash at the front of the race and uh, 
he literally just got picked back in the last 100 yards and got beat half a length by one of Jane Williams. So I think he'll run a very big race in uh, the 11.45 up at Aintree, and that's Jaron Milio. And he's going to be ridden by James Bowen, and he's trained by Warren Great Trek. So that's the first one we've got for you for Saturday. Right. Then we're going over to Chepstow, another one I've got to get out of bed early for, uh, 11.53 race. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why they're racing so early. And this one's called Take Your Time. Now, he's trained by Paul Nichols up at Ditchit, and he's a, he's a very, very nice horse, and Angus Chalader's going to be riding him, who claims a £3. Now, he won two races at the start of last year, one at Fosslass, one at Chepstow, and then he didn't perform very well just after Christmas and he got pulled up on his last two runs. Now, Paul is in absolutely fine form and he's going very, very well at home, better than he was when he won his races at the start of last year. And he's been waiting for the ground to get a little bit softer for him. He's been ready for the last two or three weeks. So he's quietly confident he'll run a big race and he's priced up at around about 6-1 to one at the moment. And he's got Angus, as I say, on board and uh, I think Angus is one of the best up-and-coming jockeys around at the moment so he's one definitely to keep an eye on as a jockey moving forward but the second selection of the day is take your time in the 11.53 at Chepstow. Okay. The next one runs in the 12.27 at Chepstow and it's called Making Your Mind Up. I don't know who sung that, was it? Bucks Fizz? Bucks Fizz, that's right, yeah. Yeah. yeah, a bit of music knowledge coming to the fore there. Now, this fellow had a couple of runs. Uh, he, had, he had a bumper run at Chepstow and a bumper run at uh, Novice Hurdle up at Wincant. And he, he comes second. He was beaten 42 lengths by Honeysuckle's brother, last Royal, in his first ever race over hurdles. And then he come out at the start of this season and he won very, very nicely up over course and distance at Chepstow. And he beat Ho, Ho Jolie Smoke. I think I got my tongue around that one correctly. And he won by about three and a half lengths that day. And uh, he reckons he's, uh, he's another one trained by Paul Nichols. And he's taken a big step forward, according to Paul. And this one's going to be ridden by Lorcan Williams, another one of Paul's uh, elite band of jockeys he's got up there. So uh, the third one for the lucky 15 this week is making your mind up in the 12.27. Then we get a little bit of a lay-in. We can go back to bed for an hour or two to recover from all them early races. We've got one in the Chepstow, 2.47. This one's trained by Emma Lavelle or Mrs. Fenton. I'm not sure what she's going to appear up on the race card at the moment. Uh She appeared as Emma Lavelle earlier in the week, and then some of the horses are trained by Mrs. Fenton. Obviously, Emma's partner is Barry Fenton. Uh And... uh, She's back as Miss Emma Lavelle again on the race card for Saturday, so I'm not sure what's going on there, if people are changing the name for the fun of it or what they're doing on the race cards, but she's trained by Emma, is trained by Emma Lavelle. Now, he hasn't run for over a 1,000 days, Manabank. He was originally trained by Mr. Thompson, and he got purchased by Owners Group, and then he went to Paul Nichols. Paul had him for a best part of three years and he kept going lame, injured and having things go wrong with him. Uh, he's only ever had one race in his life, which was a bumper, and that was in January 2020. So the time he's been off since then, he's been trained by Paul for the best part of it and he moved to Emma's about five, six months ago, yeah. I would imagine. So uh, Emma's got him in good condition and uh, he never he never made it up to the standard of what they required at Ditches, obviously because of the uh, injuries that he produced and the uh, problems that he kept having. But 
He's had none of our issues or anything for the last six months since he's been up at Emma's. And uh, his work ride as a, a famous ex-jockey, uh, Timmy Murphy, probably uh, well-known by the older generation of people that are listening. They'll all know who Timmy is. He was a good jockey for... Yeah, I remember him. Yard, I believe, and quite a, quite a few others. He's actually the lad that looks after Manor Bank. So if you're at Chepstow on Saturday, you'll see Timmy Murphy there with him. Timmy's been work riding him, and he says he feels very, very good, and he feels like a very good horse, which is what he was purchased for. And as I say, he's had lots of issues, so it's just a bit of a suck it and see on Saturday with him. But his he, tissue price or his paper price is around about 10 to 1, so he's going to be our fourth leg of the lucky 15 on Saturday, and hopefully we'll have uh, something to cheer for getting out of bed that early to watch racing at 11, whatever it is it starts at. So yeah. uh, you'll have to set the alarm clocks for that one. Well, I'll think of you as I lie in bed. <laughs> um, I, I just hope the weather's a bit better for you, mate, because this is horrible at the moment, isn't it? It really is foul. But there we go. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm actually at a meeting up at Radstock with all the racing pigeon people on Saturday, so it's a bit of a bummer for me for not being able to just nip up to Chepstow and see the horses run. I'm certainly yeah. going up to Aintree in this weather, but yeah. I'd have to sit in the club that we're uh, having our meeting at and watch them on the TV before the meeting starts. So uh, we'll have to go with that. But, yeah, as I say, like Manda Bank, especially the eye, the eye catcher to look out for, and obviously the connections with Timmy Murphy and that, it's uh, very good to know that the ex-jockeys are getting involved and doing stuff nowadays. And... They've all got other things that are going on, and you may not see them as names on the race card anymore. But they're certainly involved in the sport and doing doing the business with the racehorses. And uh, Timmy Timmy really thinks the world of Manor Bank, Good. so uh, he could be one to keep an eye on. Yeah, might might not win first time out, but he thinks he's going to run very well. But he'll definitely run a lot better second time out, having all that time off the track. So uh, we'll have to wait and see. Okay, Dave. Well, that's great, mate. Thank you very much for that. Uh, enjoy your day on Saturday. <laughs> but, um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll speak to you next week, if that's okay. Will do, mate. Thank you very much. See Lovely you, job. Thanks a lot, mate. Cheers for now. And from Dave Wilson, we've popped up to Gloucestershire now to catch up with Richard Phillips. Well, good afternoon, Richard. What a foul afternoon it is. Foggy and horrible here. I don't know what it's like in Gloucestershire. Well, it's not raining, so that's eight. Yeah, but everybody wants a bit more rain, don't they, now? Well, some do, some don't. But um, if you haven't got your coat on, you don't want any rain. So I haven't got the coat on at the moment, so I'm quite happy. But, yeah, I think most of the courses have actually had a bit of rain now. And uh, there were just a few tracks that were short of it. But on the whole, it's raceable. And uh, looks as though ground at Sandown's going to be OK on Saturday, which is really important because there's some fantastic racing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And which ones are you going to look at in particular? Well, Sandown has got Tingle Creek, one of the best races of the year, whether it's the start of the season, the end of the season, whether they're two-mile chase round Sandown. For all the purists, it's one of the best races of the year, and it's a fantastic race this year. But before that, we've got John Bond, who's an odds-on favourite, a very good novice hurdler from last year, not quite as good as Constitution Hill, who was sensational last weekend. Yeah. But John Bond taken really well to fences. He won very well at Warwick. As I think I said a couple of weeks ago, A.P. McCoy thinks he's like masterminded the way he jumps. He's a very good two-mile chase for Paul Nichols. He goes from A to B very quickly. Mm. And John Bond looks as though it's uh, he always does stand up to win the Henry VIII novice chase at Sandown on Saturday. But after that, we've got Shishkin, Grianatine, uh, Edward Stone and Gentleman de May all running in the Tingle Creek. 
Mm. And Shishkin's come back after a run, a disappointing run at the Shelton Festival last year, the Queen Mother Champion Chase. But um, he had a little issue. They found out what it was. And apparently he's in great form. And he's a pretty short price favourite. But there's a lot of uh, fancy for the Paul Nichols horse, Granatine, who's absolutely sluiced up last time out at Exeter. And he looks like a, uh, he's in great form. And hopefully uh, it's going to be a great race. But I think Shishkin's the best horse in the race. And if he's anything like his best, he'll win. But Edward Stone's in there uh, at a bigger price at 6-1. to one. But if I was having a bet, I'd probably go gentleman to me uh, of Willie Mullins's. Uh, who was very impressive at Aintree last year, actually beat Edward Stone over two miles at Aintree. And um, Gentleman to Me is a uh, pretty exciting horse, owned by J.P. McManus, 10 to 1 shot. He's had his problems, but uh, I think he's probably the best bet in the race. But Shishkin is the best horse in the race, probably, and, and if he's anything like his best, he should win it. Well, of course, Nicky Henderson's uh, he's had a pretty purple patch for the last sort of 10 days or so, hasn't he? I don't know quite how many winners he's had, but... I know they were saying on the TV that he's had an awful lot. So I suppose he'll be hopeful that, that Shishkin will carry on the good run for him. Well, yeah, Nicky is a great trainer and he doesn't run them unless he thinks they're going to run well. And Shishkin, the vibes are that he's a great Nick at home. So uh, it sounds as though he's in good form. If he's back to his best, he, he really is a very, very good horse. and He's one of the most exciting horses in training. So let's hope he is back to his best because it's going to be a hell of a spectacle Two miles round Sandown. It's a great race to savour. Yeah. What about Venetia Williams's horse? I was just looking at that because she suddenly started. Well, she's had a couple of winners, I think I'm right in saying. Um, you know, do you think that's got a chance? In a word, no. Right. Um, okay. I don't. I don't think he's good at. But um, mm. not if these horses are the best. But um, these other horses, you know, it's betting. But you're right. Venetia's horses are running very well, and she waits for the said about rain earlier she won't run horses less there's rain about and her horses are running very well so um Lauren Presse is very impressive at the weekend at Newcastle he looks like a gold cup horse but he needs soft ground but if he gets soft ground he could win um some very good chases throughout the season so um yeah the nieces are in good form as are Paul Nichols as are Nicky Henderson so yeah um, they always they always say follow the trainers in form and um you know certainly their horses are running very well what about the many clouds chase at Aintree? Because uh, I've got a friend of, well, he's up at our cricket club, um, and uh, his horse is running in it, uh, Sam Brown. Have you have you looked at the many many? Yeah, clouds? certainly. Sam's a really talented horse, and he ran really well. Um, he ran really well at Weatherby behind uh, Brave Man's Game, and mm. um, but a uh, horse senor. Um, finished behind him that day, but he's favourite. He he ran too bad to be true, a horse senor. Uh, but he's favourite for the uh, Many Clouds, which run at Hank Saturday. Uh, grade 2 chase. Chantry House is in there as well. Noble Yates, the Grand National winner from last year, is also in the race. So it's going to be a competitive one. Sam Brown would have to be at his best to win that one. He had one round the course before. Uh, but for me, uh, if a hoist and yours, anything like his best uh, of last season, he's got a great chance. But uh, it's a race to watch for me. Yeah. Yeah. OK. No, well, obviously, I'm just interested because we've got the local ownership aspect of it and uh, he's a lovely man Tim Frost and uh, you know obviously we'd like to see him do well so we'll he's see he's got horses in Sam Brown but I think uh, he's probably more likely to win a, a big handicap than a big Grady chase but um, he, he's a very talented horse and uh, I know he's he's uh, got the ability to win a big one yeah good 
Okay then, Richard. Well, thank you for that, sir. Um, hopefully it's going to be an exciting weekend. It certainly was with Constitutional Hill. What did you make of that? He was sensational. Mm. Um, he was... I mean, there's a lot of people who've been watching racing for half a century believe what they're watching. and They're being dinged the times and he's gone as fast as a lot of flat horses would go at certain stages of that race. And it looks as though it's effortless to him. Mm. It's the way he jumps as well. He's so fluent and all right, but he, in a way that's too good to be true. And I think that's how Nicky Henderson's looking at the moment. He just wants to keep him in one piece. And let's hope he does because he looks like he's going to be a really, really um, top horse in the next few seasons if he stays in one piece. But he's got to beat Honeysuckle in the champion hurdle. Honeysuckle runs this weekend on Sunday uh, in the Hatton's Grace. Um, so Honeysuckle only does as much as she has to. That's the great thing about Honeysuckle. So, um, she, um, she'd only beat an armchair two lengths, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, um, yeah. a lot of talent, but Constitution Hill looks sensational. So, we're so lucky uh, in jump racing at the moment to have all these great horses, and they look um, as though they're in, all in good form at the moment. But Honeysuckle runs on Sunday, but Constitution Hill looks looked exceptional. Do you think I notice in in America they 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 put a lot of stone, you know, stone by um, the timings of races and. Uh, we don't tend to sort of worry so much about the timing. What, what do you feel about that aspect of it? Well, one of the reasons is that a lot of American tracks are very similar, whereas a lot of tracks in this country are dissimilar, and the grounds vary a lot more than they do in America. Yeah, A lot of races are on dirt, uh, which is pretty consistent on the whole, whereas good to soft ground, there's 25 different types of good to soft ground, there's 30 types of soft ground, there's... 60 types of good to firm ground. There's, there's a lot of variation on a lot of tracks in Britain. But having said that, uh, times don't lie. And mm. um, when you're doing sectional times of races, undoubtedly there, there's something in it. And I think racing is gradually getting hold of the fact that it's really interesting to see how fast a furlong um, horses run in the middle of races. Rather like um, runners running a 10,000 metre final, you always know what laps they're running. I think gradually racing is getting hold of the fact that it is interesting to know how, what sort of speed they're going at the start of the race in the middle of the race and the end of a race so um, I think we're picking up on this it's becoming more and more obvious um, to those that be that it is a quite an interesting subject for the public and uh, hopefully we're going to have a few more speed figures as it were in racing One, one last question for you um, Corals have just introduced this Coral Racing Club where you get free membership what do you make of that? Well, um, I'm sure Coral's a great company, um, and um, I, I have an account with them. So, um, yeah. And I know a lot of people, Simon Clare is their representative and has been for about 300 years. Uh, they're a great company, and of course they sponsored that big race last week where Remastered ran a cracker, our tip of last week, ran a cracker, uh, beat Ferris Square, I think, by the winner, but uh, Remastered was uh, a great run last a week in the, in the first running of the Coral Gold Cup. But, um, yeah, so free racing clubs are basically to... There are a lot of... It's great that uh, so many people are able to get involved in the ownership of race, racehorses. And the owners group, uh, elite racing, various ways of getting... You don't have to spend a fortune to become a member or a shareholder in a racehorse. And I think the more people know that, the better, the more the public get hold of it. Mm. It's a starting point for people. So good on Coral for having free membership. It's an interesting to follow a horse. Um, everyone's different. Some people think if they've got a free membership, they don't really own it. Some people who get free membership think, God, oh, what a fantastic thing to do. So um, yeah. it, it's all um, whatever suits people. But 
uh, good on Corals for getting people involved uh, in racing and following the progress of racehorses. Um, and I'm sure if you bet on them as well, they'd be delighted. Well, I'm sure that's what the the, the ultimate uh, reason for doing it is. But uh, as you say, it's it's all. I mean, I've been involved with Hot to Trot, so I know exactly what it's like. And uh, but we had a winner this week at uh, Kempton on yeah, day, day I yeah. Race, so, uh, first yeah, so, first um, race, Millie Yeah, hot to trot, do really well. Sam Hoskins runs a great operation mm. there. So, yeah, in, in Australia as well, um, syndicate ownership's far bigger, and there's you know there's two thousand people owning some horses. Yeah. So um, I, I think it, it's certainly, hopefully, um, a form of entertainment that will get bigger and bigger and, and more widespread within Britain. Uh, and on that note, um, of course, the prize money in Australia is a lot better uh, than a lot of other countries. And um, alcohol-free got sold for 5.4 million as a as a mayor this week at the sales, yeah. and will race here in Australia because uh, there's 27 races in, a, in Australia worth over a million quid. So um, you might get a bit of a, your 5.4 million back yeah. if you race in Australia. So um, and and that horse has been bought by a syndicate as well. So. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's it's a form of entertainment, and if you're into it, there's no finer way of entertaining yourself. Excellent. Well, thank you, Richard, for that. Very concise and um, covers most of the things that are going on today, so appreciate that. <laughs> we just should mention the Beecher Chase at Aintree on Saturday as well, over the big fences. This year they split up the Grand Sefton along with the Beecher. Grand Sefton was run in October, um, oh, sorry, last month, um, and this uh, time the Beachy Chase is run at the card um, on Saturday. And Snow Leopardess, who is trained locally, a real favourite mare of many people who've won the race before she runs in it. Uh, Willie Mullins brings over Captain Kangaroo. Unfortunately, he can jump well with a name like that. And, of course, uh, Skelton's got a fancied horse called Ashtown Lad. So mm-hmm. Skelton's had fantastic weekends up to now, and they could have another one on Saturday in the Beecher. So we should mention the Beecher, run over the Grand National Fences, always a great spectacle. We've got a hell of a lot to look forward to this weekend. Good. Okay, then, Richard. Well, thank you very much for doing all that. That's brilliant. And uh, we'll speak to you next week. Look forward to it. Many thanks, Adrian. Thanks, Richard. Thanks for coming on. Bye-bye. Well, that was Richard Phillips over there in Gloucestershire. And now we're going to catch up with our friend and yours, Colin Brown. Well, now, bringing up the rear, it's Colin Brown. Hi, Colin. How are you doing? I'm all right. I don't know about bringing up the rear. I had four winners last week, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. Five to two, even money, even money in 11 to eight. Yeah, yeah. In a moment of madness, you tipped Epitaph to beat um, Constitution Hill. I think you've got that one slightly wrong there. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the only one that let Mary down for a five-timer. Oh, was it? Oh dear. Yeah, she would uh, have been in Barbados now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had a, I had a six-time football accumulator up last week, so that was all right. You know. But... And who's going to win the weekend? Let's talk about football. Who's going to win the weekend? England. Um, they should do. They should do, but you never know, do you? But I mean, because who would have thought Belgium would go out? But Belgium had gone out this afternoon. But uh, no, yeah, I should, I should think England, were... England will win. I think. I would have thought so, because aren't you Welsh? Yes. Didn't you have a bit bad luck a couple of days ago? Yes, yeah, disappointed, but never really on, to be honest. I mean, you know, they were a bit (laughs) bit too good for Wales, I'm afraid, and 
Gareth yeah. Bale. Did... Anyway, well done the Wales. First time they got in for 64 years. It's good. Yeah, Gareth Bale didn't turn up no. and that didn't help. So, you know. No, that's right, exactly. Tough old game. Anyway, we'd better get on to the racing, hadn't we? I suppose we had better get on to the racing. Yeah, make make makes sense, wouldn't it? We've got good racing at Aintree, Chepstow and Sandown. Um, oh. I'm going to Chepstow at Sandown Friday, but I'm going to Chepstow for Saturday. I could have been either place, to be honest. But well, you better hope this fog lifts then, because it's right next to the river there, isn't it, down there? There'd be a lot of fog floating about, I should think. What, Chepstow? Yeah. Well, you should know. You come from that area. Well, I can tell you now, we've had a lot of fog. The last two or three days, it's been foggy every day. I know, no, no. And at Wincanton today, my mate Dave and your mate Dave, who you met last week, yeah, uh, yeah. he said he could only see about six inches from the winning post, so he couldn't see any oh. races at all. So they didn't help him tipping winners, eh? No, it didn't. It didn't. But there we go. Anyway, so we're going there to Aintree go. first, are we? We're going to Aintree first, and um, it, at Aintree. In the 130, interesting little race, really. Uh, you've got Hoy Senor, you've got Chantry House, who could win first time up. James Bowen rides. But his brother is riding Noble Yates for um, Emmett Mullins, the Grand National winner. And also in the race, you've got Sam Brown, that you know a little bit about. What I a good do. race this is. Mm, I do indeed know a little bit about. I know. Sam Brown's owner very well, and I know Sam Brown's owner's son very well. So, um, right. yes, um, Tim Frost. No, he's he's uh, hopeful, but not not going over the top. Um, they were going to go last week in the Coral Gold Cup, but they decided in the end to go to Wayne Street, which I don't know whether that's a tip in itself or not. But um, I mean, he's up against a, a pretty class field, though, isn't he? To be fair, yeah, it's a pretty decent race. I'll be perfectly honest. Um, but you know, I, I think the old Grand National winner could just go and win it. He Noble won the Wexford last summer over two miles seven. Yeah, yeah. Noble Yates. And mm. you know, he's got a good rating. He's only a seven-year-old, and um, he's about five to one. I'm going to go Noble Yates to take the ball. Sports many clouds uh, chase at Aintree at one thirty. Okay. Next race, though, AD is a race run over the national fences, and. Uh, what a thrill to ride around those national fences. Mind you, they are a lot smaller than they used to be back in my day. They were they were bigger, I must say. But they have cut them down they're not so stiff. How many times did you come off? I'm not being funny now. That was a sensible question. Oh, huh? that's nice, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. It's meant to be a sensible question. How many times did you come off? In the national? Yeah. Oh, um, about three, four times. And, and I mean, was it was it sort of, you know? What, I mean, obviously it hurt. I'd imagine coming down, but I mean, the fact that they're so high, was it you know that much more of a fall, as it were, you know? Well, uh, I think the worst fall I had the national was at the first fence. I rode one for Jenny Pittman, called Artistic Prince, and she said to me, "Put flat the accelerator down the first column, get a position." Anyhow, I'm out the gate, and I'm about eighth going the first because I couldn't go any quicker. Jen, and and he came off. The fence meaning he stood off a long long way back yeah. and he landed on his head along with me and then flipped over landed on top of me luckily he was okay but i broke my nose for the fifth time i broke some ribs i cracked a rib i 
sprung a rib. I was concussed for an hour and a half, but apart from that, I was all right. <laughs> Good. And the wife said to me, uh, the doctor said, you've got to stay in for five days. And back in those days, if you stayed in overnight, you could never, uh, you couldn't ride for three weeks. So oh. I said, get the car out the front. So I dressed up as a doctor, put a nice coat on and those things that you test your heart with around your neck. And a little white hat, and I wandered out on my head down, jumped in the car, went. Oh, fair enough. Not fair enough. But Not I mean, I would, I would have thought you walk around after time looking like you're concussed anyway. But... <laughs> you're right there. Yeah. <laughs> you are right there. Anyhow, over those national fences, as most kind, lovely comment. Um, over those national fences, if it goes, I reckon the wolf could go well for Ollie Murphy and Heskin. Nice horse, nice jumper, good run last time out. Should just be coming to his peak, this eight year old. The wolf in the 205 up there at Aintree. Right. Some good racing here. Oh, yeah, some good racing up there at Aintree. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, four, what wins the next race? Gavin Sheehan's banging in a few wins, isn't he? And he looks as if he could win the next on a horse called Brave Siaska. Siaska. Yeah. Um, it looks, yeah, it looks awesome. It's in real good form. Kiltili Briggs runs for the Snowden Yard. You probably know a bit about that. Um, so it did a really competitive race. Interestingly, uh, that on Kiltili Bridge, um, yeah. that's Jamie's, and yet he's riding for, Gavin's riding for Venetia Williams. I, d- I don't know whether A.P. Heskin is a, you know, is he, a, is he the owner's jockey? I don't know. Do you know? Do your homework, old boy. Do your homework. Of course, he's dealing this jockey, yeah. Oh, okay, well, I, I sussed it out, didn't I? So, come on. Yeah, you did, more or less. More yeah, or less you yeah did, well, I, I picked oh, up on okay. it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right, okay, so <laughs> no, Brave, no, brave, well C- brave C- yeah, Brave CS. Brave Seaska. Seaska. Let's go to Chepstow, your old stamping ground. I wouldn't have I've never been to Chepstow, mate. I don't know where you come from with that one. <laughs> <laughs> you must come along it's a great place yeah uh, right I think um, whatever uh, happens the weekend Nichols will have a good day he's got plenty of runners everywhere and, and Chepstow in the 12.27 there's a horse called Making Your Mind Up and it's trained by Nichols it's ridden by Lawton Williams and it's a novice so there won't be anything that's rated any higher than him in the race so that's the one Making your mind up there at um, at Chepstow in the twelve twenty seven. Okay. Making your mind up, great name, isn't it? great yeah, name. Yeah. Um, on to the ooh, the um, one o two. Um, 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 yep, yeah, I'm going to give that a skip. I was getting mixed up with another race. Uh, on to the 102, yeah, give that a miss. Um, I'm going to give you one in the 137. Um, this is the Coral Welsh Grand National Trial, but I don't know why they run it over a short trip, I'll be honest, I don't know. Anyhow, I reckon that Tizard could go quite well here with a horse called Elegant Escape. He's not been a bad horse over the years, and yeah, I think he might run... A big race there in the 137 at, uh, at Chepstow. That's what I quite fancy. And to be fair, Tizard's horses in general are running pretty well, aren't they? 
I mean, they run really well. Yeah, hmm. I'm delighted for um, Joe. I had a little handshake with him in a hotel last uh, Saturday at Newbury. Yeah. And yeah, no, they're going very, very well. Really well. Yeah. Right. Okay. Another horse I fancy runs in the next race, and that's the 212. It's called Iron Bridge, trained by John Joe O'Neill. This horse was already winner at Worcester. They're hacked up last time out. I think it will win again. Iron Bridge, uh, trained by John Joe. Okay. There at, uh, at Chelmsford. And of course, we got some fantastic racing listeners at um, Sandown Park. The Henry VIII, the race that I won once or twice, the Tinkle Creek. Um, ah, some great racing there uh, this weekend. And um, Gary Moore does very, very well here. And I think he'll win the first race there at 12 o'clock. If you go to Sandown, you need to be up early. Um, it's called Authorised Speed. Authorised Speed. Horse number one in the um, in the first race there at 12 o'clock. I must say, though, Hest- Henderson's got a very nicely bred horse in there called Immoral, which didn't run the other day because the ground was too firm, but um, could go well. But I think Authorised Speed won win the 12 o'clock at Sandown Park. Okay. Oh, it's good racing. It's great racing. It really is great racing. Um, what wins the next race? Sort of quite fancy Whiskey Express, but she was quite well beaten last time. I might go to Harry Fry's other horse called White Hot Chili Philly. Um, she's pretty smart. She was third at Chepstow uh, back in March, but I mean she's got pretty good form. Um, and has dropped a reasonable mark. But I don't say she's any good thing, but White Hot Chili Philly is a very, very nice uh, horse in the 12.35 there. Um, right, we have a per temps hurdle there. Uh, Copperhead, that only ran 15 days ago. That runs there. I, I don't like those races, those qualifying races. I think they're very difficult, and, and you really don't know when they're coming from hurdles to fences, fences to hurdles, you know, quite what's going to happen. So I'm going to give that a body swerve. I'm going to get on to the Close Brothers Henry the Eighth Novice Chase Day race that I won uh, a couple of times. I mean, John Bond should win. Boot Hill was third to him at Haydock over hurdles. Uh, they're on level weights today. Um, he, he is, probably, well, he is on ratings, the best horse in the race. The second best horse is Boot Hill. And Henson might not run uh, John Bond if it doesn't rain. Uh, they've got quite picky about what ground they run on. So I'm going to have a little cheeky bet on Boot Hill at 130 to beat John Bond over fences. He's very good, um, Boot Hill, a big improver. Okay, fine. We got a, we got a nice handicap hurdle. In between the Henry the Eighth and the uh, the um, uh, Tingle Creek, and Harry Fry runs a horse called Lev Love Envoir that, of course, was second at Fairy House. It won at the Cheltenham Festival for the Noel Feely Racing Syndicates. Um, yeah, if it's fit, it should win. Really, it's got top weight, but yeah, I wouldn't go over mad on it because. Um, it hasn't been in that long. He might just be better for the race. But he's best horse in the race. And if you've got him, her and a few doubles and trebles, then best of luck. 
Right, what wins the Tingle Creek? Shishkin should. He's a very good horse. He uh, pulled up last year. He wasn't right in the big one at Cheltenham. Um, Grenatine's a horse that uh, loves the track. And didn't it win? Grenatine won the race last year. Mary had no she be sat there with in front of a form book with the glasses on her nose. Yeah. Still at the ashtray and the yeah. gin and tonic. Evening, Mary. Uh, How are you? <laughs> I bet she's in great form. Keep it warm, I hope. Now, Grenatine did win it last year. Then you've got the great Edward Stone, who I think is a blooming good horse. But on ratings, really, Shishkin should win. But he was a bit disappointed, I must say, when he pulled up. So I think the value bet is Edward Stone. Uh, each way, there's only six runners, but first, each way, first two, uh, 11 or two. You're going to get your money back in a bit more. He's only second. If he wins, then you are going to uh, come out well on top. And, listeners, that's your lot. Nothing else for Saturday. Lovely job. Thank you, Colin. Let's hope there's a few winners there. Four, if we could get some good price winners as well, that would be even better than four, wouldn't it? Exactly. That's what it's all about. They're but we're all greedy and we all want better than you can get all the time. So, uh, you know, you've got... I know. Yeah. Why are we all greedy? I give up, probably because we're Why all skin we all but... I don't know. Well, you're not. I mean, you're not, are you? That's where you get that impression from. Well, well, I'm, I'm well, off well, down the food bank in a minute, mate. I've got, you know. I know you are. Yeah. It's called a pub. So you'll <laughs> sit down and get waited on with your lovely wife <laughs> and uh, yeah. have a nice meal. Some of us are just having a tin of beans and a baked potato. Oh, God. You're, you're going to break my heart in a minute. Okay, <laughs> Colin. Well, that's it for this week. Join us again next week, same time, same station. Until then, this is A.D. Hopper saying bye for now.